0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode six of the Haze Hour Podcast. My name's Jay Cooper and I'm joined this month by Zanir. Hey, what's up? And we are back for another episode of the Haze Hour podcast. There's been a lot that's happened in the last month since we last recorded an episode. And we're going to make sure that we run down everything that's gone on. Um, I've got a list in front of me of things we can discuss on today's episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, return of fans to stadiums at all levels of the English game. Uh, we'll be talking about some uh, very big press, which Hayes news, of course, regarding our promotion. If you haven't heard about that, then where have you been for the last few weeks? <laughs> um, we'll be getting interviews from Joe Rothwell, um we'll obviously be discussing mainstream football as we like to do with the culmination of the mainstream football season and we'll be discussing looking ahead to the euros which we're all very excited for after it was postponed last year uh starting off though i just want to give a quick mention to the fact that covid restrictions are being lifted with this new indian variant coming around though it's not as you know it's it's one of them. It's it's a it's a potential roadblock that we can avoid if we just sort of keep masked up and just keep if we're sensible about everything, um, and obviously as well if you get your vaccines. Um, with the COVID restrictions being lifted as they have been, um, you can now go to the pub over here in England. It is a massive, massive blessing for some people. It's something that a lot of <laughs> us missed for a while. Um, I've certainly been um, abusing the fact that we can go out for a bit um go out for a pint and uh, it's gone to the point now where uh, we're allowed to sit indoors as well. It's not just in beer gardens. So your weather spoons are open as well, which is, oh, it's oh, having a lot of fun. Um, but the rule is, of course, the rule of six uh, still applies and, you know, you have to be masked up whenever you leave your table. So Zanir, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a brain teaser for you here, right? Yeah. If, um, you were able to go to the pub, right, with five other football personalities, dead or alive. Who would they be?
1: Who that's an okay. Uh, right off the top of my head, I think one would be Gareth Bale.
0: Gareth um, Bale. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, Gareth Bale. The other would be Cristiano.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, one would be George Best.
0: Oh, yeah. Obviously. You can't, yeah, you can't go to the pub without George Vest, can you? As a Man United just, fan yeah. as
1: well. Yeah. Um, and um, I think I would go with probably uh Oh, right. And lastly would be Neymar.
0: Wow, you came up with those answers very quickly. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, okay, Alec, like the first name you said there was Gareth Bale, and that caught me a bit off guard because you're a Man United fan and a Portugal fan, not a Tottenham or Real Madrid or Wales fan. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so oh. I think Hi, Gareth was, Bale. Um, so I think it was just because when he started off uh, at uh, at Southampton, actually, um, hmm. he used to play left back, and I used to play left back too, and uh, for for school, right, and for club. Um, and yeah. someone just shouted out Gareth Bale, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. I've never been referred to a player before." Um, for real yeah so I just okay. looked him up and then he moved to Spurs and I was like I really like this player and he was actually whenever I got FIFA he was that first like you know that big signing player you get in your ultimate team or yeah, player yeah. Player. yeah Gareth Bale was always there and I've always had like this I don't know I just
0: always loved Gareth Bale um, a little, like a connection with him since like yeah. so- yeah, oh, that's, quite, that's quite cute, that. I like that. <laughs> I'm guessing, I mean, it's fairly obvious why Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a general footballing legend and, of course, a Man United legend. Yeah. Same applies to George Best. Um And, you know, he'd know exactly what to do when he got to the pub, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, who would you go for? Who, um, who would I go for? See, I've thought about this before. I think my, my original five choices, but I have sort of hummed and hard about it, Uh, My first one, as a Preston fan, I have to take the opportunity to meet Sir Tom Finney. Okay. Uh, Preston legend, you know, all-time top goal scorer, all of that. Um, I would go for, I'm going to sort of, uh, not necessarily disagree with you here, but I mean, I'm sort of going for the opposite of you when I say Lionel Messi. Okay, okay,
1: that makes sense, makes
0: sense. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just, it's one of them, like, if I get the opportunity to, I mean, it's just, it's hard to say, no, he's the best player I've ever seen play, in my lifetime anyway. Um, someone who I imagine would have a lot to talk about based on his interviews and based on his long and very varied career would be Zlatan Ibrahimovic ooh yes that would
1: be a good
0: conversation Zlatan would be and I I imagine he would 100% hold his drink as well (laughs) Um, in a similar vein to Usain George Best someone who's uh, again who's got a lot of stories to tell as well uh, and someone who knows his way around the pub would be Paul Merson yeah and finally, like I could keep these conversations going. I feel like a lot of a lot of my justifications just tend to be they've got great stories to tell. And yeah. like I imagine, there's there's no point where a group of six of us would be bored at this point. <clears throat> but I'd also have to say um, Sir Brian Clough as well. Nice. Like, just he's just got he just got a legend. He's got an aura about him. So I'd have to go for him as well. I think it's just. I just imagine that night out would be a very, very long one. And that's the point. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And I just realized I missed out on a lot of names that I would like to have a conversation with, like Bruno Fernandes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought you might have, I thought you, when you said off the top of your head, I thought you might have said Bruno being, being, being Um, you know, their best player at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's interesting, though. Yeah, I've uh, I've had that question sort of ready to ask at some point on <laughs> on, on the Our podcast. Uh, anybody listening as well who uh, who listens to this, feel free to leave um leave your six uh leave your five players or five personalities in football that you would take to the pub uh, in the comments on the Twitter when this episode is released. Um, moving on to a bit more football based uh, news. On the 6th of June, so currently at the time of recording, the date today is the 1st of June. It's a Tuesday, the 1st of June. Uh, on Sunday, the 6th of June, fans return to a Presswitch game. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. We've got the <laughs> Northwest Youth Alliance Division 3 Cup final. It's the youth team playing against AFC Blackpool on June 6th at Burska at 2 o'clock. So be there or be square, everybody.
2: Fingers
0: um, crossed. Absolutely, yeah, and obviously we hope for the best for the youth team in that game. Fingers crossed we can lift the trophy. Um, now then, the big news this month is, of course, Presswich Hayes promotion to the Northwest Counties League Premier Division for next season. Yes. the boys. Yeah, absolutely, yes, getting up the Hayes. Uh, the boys have absolutely earned it, even with everything getting in the way this year with all the COVID restrictions and everything else, and the fact that we've You know, I mean, we only played uh, six league games this season. It's one of them that you can sort of take with a pinch of salt. But you know what? We're there. And if we haven't already proved it this season in the few games that we were able to play next season, we're going to prove it then. Um, I have in front of me here the Northwest Counties Premier Division table ahead of next year. So I'm just going to run down some of the teams. Uh, AFC Liverpool who are promoted as well with us, same applies to Lower Breck Vauxhall Motors and Withamshore Town uh, oh, actually I think Vauxhall Motors and Withamshore Town are from the, uh, yeah they're from the Northwest West Southern Division so the ones that have come up with us are Lower Breck and AFC Liverpool, we also have Vauxhall Motors and Withamshore Town being promoted from the Northwest West Southern Division, we have people who retain, the teams that have retained their places in the division include Ashton Athletic, Avro, Barnswick. Uh, Bursker, Charnock-Richard, Earlham, Lidlund, Longwich Town, uh, Northwich Victoria, Paddyham, Runcorn, Scamsdale United, who, if you were paying attention early this season, early in the season just finished, uh, featured in round one of the FA Cup. Uh, Squiresgate, Squiresgate and Winsford Town. And the big one as well, the one team that I haven't mentioned yet is Macclesfield FC we haven't seen anything of macclesfield fc in the season that has just finished in mainstream football and that's because they were a um, they were dissolved weren't they they were uh, they yeah. were liquidated they were liquidated after the 2019-20 season which they were playing league 2 football during but their readmission into the football league pyramid starts in the northwest counties Premier Division alongside us so travelling to Macclesfield next year is going to be a hell of an experience yeah the stadium looks decent too yeah I've not actually given it the once over but it is the same stadium isn't it that they used yeah so that will be that will be a huge game for us next season Um, as will the majority of the other ones and um, I've spoken to um, at the awards evening which I'll go on to talk about in a second uh, I spoke to uh, to Matt Barnes and to Sean Cookson about the aspirations for the um, for going up, well, for the promotion that we've acquired, uh, and the aspirations for next season. And it is such a tight league, as he said. It's sort of it's one of them. It's a little, it's somewhat similar to the Championship in a sense that you can't sort of predict. Who's going to walk in? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's fair to say, you know, oh, it's going to be Macclesfield. But I mean, personally, I haven't looked at who's in their team if I know any names or anything like that. I don't know what to expect from them. Um, and there's quite a few teams that I have yet to see play. I've seen, um, since I've been working with Presswich at the beginning of last season in September, uh, I've seen us play against a few teams on this list, the likes of um, Avro and Squires Gates. Uh, but it's, I'm, I'm not uh, totally sure what to expect ahead of next season. Uh, but what I absolutely know for sure is that the lads are not going to sit and roll over for anybody and that they're going to give it their all. Yeah. And that's, that's really all we can ask of them. But it certainly is something that we can look forward to. And if everybody wants to keep their eyes on the Twitter page for any um, incoming news about any potential signings ahead of next season or the fixture list, et cetera, do keep your eye out for that. I can't tell you when the date is because I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, you will find out before too long, hopefully. And um, speaking of looking forward to um, to next season, pre season training actually recommences on the 14th of June for Presswich Hayes. So the lads are going to be back in training in the middle of this month. Um, we've also announced pre season friendlies that will take place as early as the end of June. We've got CMBFC away on the 26th of June, we've got Silsden AFC. On the 3rd of July, that's also away from home. Then we've got Glossop North End, the inferior North End as a Preston fan. Um, on the 10th of July, that's also away from home. Then we return to the AMP, to the Eddie Park. We've got Elton Vale at home. Um, oh, no, we've not. Sorry, I misread that. That's a neutral ground. Uh, Elton Vale, SC at uh, neutral ground on the 13th of July. Then Bootle at a neutral ground on the 17th of July. And then we do finally return to the AMP for Ramsbottom United. On the twenty second of July, Peniston Church away on the twenty fourth, and Hayside on the twenty seventh. That is a packed schedule looking at it now. That's the twenty seventh, the twenty second to the twenty seventh of July, that's three games. I know yeah. to uh, rotate the squad for that one, otherwise someone like Jack Coop's legs might fall off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: um, ten ten days four games, yeah. Um Yes, yes it is. Ten days four games, yeah. Bootle, Ramsbottom, Peniston and Hayside all take place within the same ten days. Wow that's the hell of a schedule. Um we will have fans back to booster Well we will have back to rollers on absolutely which will be a 100% uh, an upgrade for everybody. That hayside matches at home as well I'm not sure if I mentioned that but yes that will absolutely be a bonus. Although if you tried to catch me playing 10 games with, uh, playing four games of football in 10 days I think I'd sleep for about a week after that one. <laughs> but there's a reason I do the media and not the playing. Um so we're all looking forward to these preseason pictures and we're absolutely looking forward to the return of fans at the AD Moran Park. Um, recently, at Hotel Football at Old Trafford, uh, Preston Chase hosted the uh, their end-of-season awards evening. I was there in attendance and it was so nice to see all the lads back in one room just uh, getting, uh, getting all the awards and uh, having a few drinks and a, and a massive laugh. It was a great, great night. Uh, just the once-over of, uh, of that awards evening, we had Jacko winning three awards. He won the Goal of the Season Award for his winner against Berry in the last minute, which we all remember very, very well. Uh, he won Fans Player of the Year for his goals and he also won Players Player of the Year. Uh, Managers Player of the Year went to Nathan Emery for his uh, performances for left-back and Young Player of the Year went to Joe Rothwell. Uh, speaking of who, we we're going to see Joe Rothwell back in action on the 14th of June in pre-season training and certainly during these pre friendly fixtures, and I managed to catch up with him a few days ago and get an interview with him for the Hazard podcast, so we can cut to that here. All right, I'm now joined by Presswich's Young Player of the Year, Joe Rothwell. Joe, thank you very much for coming on the Hazard podcast. How are you, man?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, obviously, delighted with the news that's come out in the last last week or so. Um just... Mm. Just enjoying a bit of a break now, but at the same time, round to go and get ready for the new season.
0: That's exactly what we like to hear. Um, just got some, just got a few questions for you that I'm sure the fans will be interested to hear. Um, you've um, you've not been um, playing football very long. You're not, uh, you know, you're on the you're on the younger side when it comes to the team. Um, where did your interest in football come from?
2: Uh, probably just my own dad, to be honest. You know, mm. took me down to like a local. A local session. It was at Bolton Arena. Um,
0: oh.
2: Just like playing there as a kid, and then obviously joined a team, local team, and then progressed from there. But yeah, just like anyone else, really. Um, just from your parents getting you involved.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, who uh, who do you support other than Hayes, obviously? Uh, Bolton Wanderers. Are oh, you a Bolton fan? Yeah. So. All right, you'll be very chuffed with how this season's gone, then, won't you?
2: Yeah, Prestwich promoted and Bolton promoted, so can't complain. Oh, exactly, yeah. Double whammy for you then. Yeah. Looking forward to League One next season. Yeah, hopefully the same as Bolton. Really, that like um, they should do well again in that league. Like, like Presswich should, to be fair.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, actually, I've seen. Uh, I saw something this morning. Actually, I mean, as you know, I'm uh, actually. Do, I'm not sure if you do know this, but a few people do that. I'm. Uh, I'm a Preston North End fan. Yeah, I just. Uh,
2: I just seen then as well that Bolton are actually playing Preston in pre season. That was exactly what I was about yeah. to say.
0: Yeah, there's a, a friendly been announced between Bolton and Preston. Um, one of the pre season friendlies for them. Um, so what brought you to uh, to Preston? Hays. Um.
2: Well, I was at Corn at the time. Um. Mm. Obviously, there was a. I was only 18 at the time, so I was struggling to get game time. I was involved in the squad, sometimes being left out. Um, and I was coming. Before calling I was at New Mills and I've been playing every week and then to go there, obviously it was a step up. I enjoyed the experience and all that. But then it was like I need to play football again now. Um and then I was at Paddyum for five games, went on loan there for a bit. And then mm. and then we just got a phone call, random phone call. Didn't even have Matt Barnes' number saved, I don't think. No. And then he was like, um, it's all sorted. Do you wanna to come to Presswich? I've sorted it all out. I was like yeah, I'll come down and then that was it. The rest is history really but which mm. just come out of the blue. I was wanting a new challenge. I was just jumping around from club to club trying to get some game time um, and then as, as soon as I come to press pitches I just loved it really.
0: Yeah, well you have solidified your place in the first team. You've been playing the majority of the games this season
2: at right back. Is that your natural position? Um, I'd say I'm comfortable there but like a lot of my A lot of my um, game time in men's football has been there, and I think people are unaware of that. They think like I've never played there before. So, like when I was at New Mills, I probably played fifty of my games there. So I'm quite comfortable playing there. But at the minute, I'm I'm happy there. So I've got got my place in the team. um, So I'm happy to play there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. But uh, you have been um, when you know when the squad's been rotated or when substitutions have been made. I've seen you uh, move a little bit further up the pitch into midfield a few times this season.
2: Yeah, that's where that's where I played for college for three years. Um, mm. That's where I played mainly centre mid, but then like can play right back as well. Mm, a young, a young Joshua Kimmich. <laughs> or some would say failed centre mid, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, ignore them. They're they're talking rubbish. Um, well, of course, this season and uh, so on the end of last one, there's been uh, different to any other with, of course, the uh, the global pandemic. How did uh, COVID affect you personally when it comes to football?
2: Obviously, like absolutely nothing. We've gone from playing every week, training, loving it. Was in the in with the chance of like getting promoted. So mm. I think we had eight games left or something like that. And, yeah. Um, and then to just go from that to absolutely nothing, but it was tough, but it looks like we're getting at the other end now and things looking on the up, so mm-hmm. just gotta look That's forward.
0: True. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure we all are. Um it's light in the mood a little bit. Uh what is what would you say is your best general footballing memory? So it can be as a fan, it can be as a player, and anything like that.
2: Um I'd say I'd just have to go back to that game again against Bury. To be fair, oh really? Uh, yeah, uh, just the just the atmosphere. Obviously, a few things happened earlier that week, uh, oh, of we lost as well. So we we had a, pro- a point to prove. Obviously, going there, there was the new mm-hmm. team on in in the uh, in the league, but just the just the atmosphere, the 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 fans who were there. there was obviously quite a few of them, mm-hmm. and I think we just. We just stuck together and put in a really, really good performance, and, and was the first team to beat them. So, off the top of me, I'd say, I'd say that night.
0: Mm, I, I, I mean, I personally really enjoyed that night. Of course, I wasn't on the pitch. Um, there's no way I would have no way would have pulled off two one if I was. But <laughs> um, with uh, with that game, of course, I hadn't been um, I, I hadn't been working with Presswich very long, and. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I had. Um, only recently started watching Presswitch and you know, coming and doing the Twitter and things like that. And it was the first football I'd been watching for about a year well, best part of a year at least since the um, since Covid shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And to watch, you know, just to be there when the team that you're there to support scores a last minute winner it was just everything that I'd missed about football.
2: Yeah, I think it just mm-hmm. had everything, didn't it? Like, like, say, the last minute winners. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just football that's what it's all about that's what we've all missed and hopefully we we'll can yeah. get it all back you can see now obviously the professional games getting fans in and it's just a totally different oh, game
0: It is so nice to see absolutely um, well hopefully of course next season provided that nothing goes awry we'll have fans back at the AMP and back to games that we play in the Northwest Counties Premier Division what are you personally looking forward to about next season are there any particular
2: games that stand out to you or anything like that um Macclesfield, obviously, that's the big one. That's the talking point. Mm. Uh, the FA Cup would should be in that now as well. Obviously, we're now in the Premier League, mm. so them two really. The FA Cup, hopefully, we can have a good run in that, and then fingers crossed. You'd probably say Macclesfield as well, with obviously the fan base that they're saying they're going to have. So them two,
0: yeah, be uh, be massive standouts, be massive games to look forward to, and um, <clears throat> and on a personal note as well. Um, of course, we had the awards evening last Friday. We're currently recording this on the uh, on the Wednesday. Uh, last Friday, we had the awards evening and uh, you won Young Player of the Year. How did that feel?
2: Yeah, it was good. I, I didn't really expect it, to be honest. So I was getting a bit of a stick from the lads saying you're too old for that. But no, it's always, always nice to pick up the, the individual awards and get recognised for, for what you've done. But it's not all about that. It's the, it's the team and um, it, that's what it's mainly about.
0: Mm. We've well, offered a lot this season in our promotion season, um, being being in defence and uh, and going forward as well down the wings with Emery going around on the other side. Um, your versatility's offered a lot as well. Uh, key player, I think you deserved it absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Joe. Um, thank you very much for coming on the Hazar podcast, and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time that we hear from you on here.
2: No worries uh, And we will. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Yeah, no Thank worries. You Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate all the work you guys do. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So, thanks, thanks a lot, and, and see you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks very much to Joe
0: Rothwell for taking time out of his day to uh, to come and feature on the Hazel Podcast, and we look forward to seeing him back in action soon, along with the rest of the lads. Now then. Um, As we do on the Hour podcast, Uh, we're going to look at the previous month's mainstream football big stories. And there's actually quite a lot to talk about this month. We've seen the culmination of the mainstream football league. All the top leagues in Europe have now finished. Champions crowned, relegations confirmed and European places um, all officially finished with now. Um, Just going to give a quick rundown of the uh, the major events have, and then we'll go in, me and Zanir will go into more detail. Uh, the champions crowned across Europe. We've got Manchester City, of course, winning the Premier League. Uh, Lille shot the system in France by winning Ligue 1. Yes. Uh, Inter Milan won their first skidetta since 2010, uh, breaking a nine-year grip on the title from Juventus. Atletico Madrid came out on top in La Liga for a change. It wasn't Barcelona or Real Madrid. And in Germany, while the status quo was uh, restored, with Bayern Munich winning as they always do, uh, Lewandowski up front broke an incredible forty-nine-year-old scoring record, notching forty-one goals in the league from twenty-eight games. That is—that is wrong. Like that should not happen. <laughs> but that is an incredible achievement for him. Um, as a Manchester United fan yourself, in how did you receive Man City's title coronation?
1: I mean, I think it was it was tough to watch because I think it's the it's they're they're winning Premier Leagues like uh, really easily. To be honest, it's either Liverpool, Chelsea, or City. I know we ended up second, but and, and we were consistent throughout the season. I just don't think we had the quality to match City, especially with Ruben Diaz coming in. He really solidified the the defense of City, and mm-hmm. with that crazy twenty eight. I believe it was a 28 win run that they had. Um, that must be all competition, surely. Yeah, yeah. It was. I
0: don't want to say it was absolutely- 15 in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, it was 15. I think they broke a record this season as well.
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was 15 because I, re- I think the record used to be held by Chelsea with 14 in a row. I think it was 15 yeah. wins, and it was like 19 games unbeaten, where they had driving draws like on either side of those 15 wins. It was like two draws, 15 wins, two more draws, and then they got beat by like. Uh, it was
1: United. It was united oh. that that ended the streak. Yeah, I remember because it was Luke Shaw's goal. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, I remember. yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, that was that was sweet, but I just don't think mm-hmm. you know they played the better football in the end, hundred percent, but they do have yeah. the quality as well. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah so as hard yeah. as it
1: as hard as it is to see, um uh, they just played the better football throughout the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's fairly indisputable that like, even though they did, even though similar to United, they did start fairly poorly, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, like it was, it was for such a, um. I mean, like if you look at the beginning of the season, you go back to October, November, when the likes of Tottenham, Everton, and Southampton of all teams were top of the league yeah. for pieces of of time. The season ended fairly, you know. Standardly, it wasn't necessarily, and there wasn't necessarily too many surprises. Um, you know, the the top four was uh, was as you were: is Man United, uh, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Um, and on that front, I feel really, really bad. I know, you know, you can sort of, it's hard to blame anybody but themselves because they dropped points when they didn't need to. But I can't help but feel sympathy for Leicester because. Yeah. yeah They've been brilliant all season. They've been they've been great all season to watch, and they just like they, again they fell at the final hurdle and they've dropped out of the top four on the last day of the season. It's yeah. it's but I mean it's one of them, you know the, the old adage goes the league table doesn't lie.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like they were in the top four for majority of the season as well
0: they were in the right. top 4 for more cumulative days than every other team in the league
1: it did, yeah well i think it was that's also because of vardy to be honest because um, of vardy um, he yeah. was not in form so he couldn't get the goals and it was all up to you nacho well,
0: yeah that's it Ian nacho sort of picked up that uh, that baton didn't he a bit because he had a, yeah, he had he a, did. first it's probably i'd say it was his first good season because he left man city yeah
1: and uh, yeah. He helped them out in the FA Cup as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Of course, their FA Cup win was, was brilliant to see. You know, it's always nice to see a team that you don't expect to win a trophy, win one. And When it came to them in Chelsea in the final, I reckon if you weren't a Chelsea fan, you wanted Leicester to win that. Were you a 100%. Leicester? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was for Leicester, yeah.
0: Yeah, it had to be. And uh, and that goal from wins as well, what a strike.
1: <sighs> yeah. In
0: any final.
1: I remember I dropped my drink as well because I just did not expect it.
0: Well, quite annoyingly, I was—I uh, didn't watch it as it happened. I was—I was at the pub, but uh, a few tables around me that had it up on their phones uh, went a bit wild. so We were like, "Okay, Leicester must have scored." And about two minutes later, one of my friends shows me on the on the phone on Sky Sports shows me the clip yeah. of the goal. Oh, it's
1: fantastic! Absolutely insane. It's
0: insane. Um, uh, elsewhere in the rest of Europe, um, Tottenham become the first ever English representatives in the U- uh, the UEFA Europa Conference League, which is a mouthful. Uh, that's the third tier <laughs> of European football into place next year. Um, I mean, I can't necessarily say I'm excited for it. It's so it's, it's new. I mean, it's probably Spurs' best chance to win a trophy in 20 years. Um, they'll play against the likes of Roma, Salta, Vigo and Union Berlin uh, in the race to become the first ever champions. So I guess that's something to keep an eye on. It's not necessarily going to be... Um, it's probably going to be overshadowed by the Europa League Elite, which West Ham, of all teams, will feature in next year. After finishing sixth in the league, they've come out of absolutely nowhere.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember they had a bad... They had a not-so-great season last season, uh, the season before, and this season, they've been absolutely amazing. And they were in the top four for quite some while as well.
0: I know, it's been so weird to see. Like, you know, Leicester... I mean, Leicester, have, you know, they've won the league in the last five years or so. So, I mean, you know, it's... It's it's not, you know, it's something that you don't necessarily expect to see. It's different to the status quo, yeah. but it's like you can sort of understand it. Whereas West Ham have come out of really out of nowhere. The likes of you know Thomas Suchek on a permanent deal has been a stroke of genius, as of Vladimir Sufal at right back, Jesse Lingard, what was that about? When why <laughs> did when did he turn into Superman? He's
1: been a revolution.
0: <laughs> he's been amazing at West Ham. Like he he sort of like he had he had a few good seasons with Man United, but like when he started being a bit more of like and an internet, well, very, <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm trying, I'm trying to find a word that I can say nicely on the, on this podcast, and I'm struggling. Uh, when he, when he started being very annoying online and started focusing less, well, I mean, not necessarily focusing less on his football, but he started uh, getting less and less game time when United, he just became yeah. a bit of a me, didn't he? he? Just became a little bit of a Jesse Lingard is rubbish. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, I, I mean, you know, since getting some game time at West Ham, getting some faith from David Moyes, he's been. Fantastic! He's been indisputably brilliant for West Ham.
1: Yeah, and just looking um, at West Ham, actually ended 16th last in season, the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, 16th, and they're fifth the season after.
0: They're sixth this season. finished this season. That is ridiculous. Oh, That's sixth, ten,
1: yeah.
0: In ten ga- ten gaps, that yeah, because Leicester finished fifth. So the two representatives from England in the Europa League are Leicester and West Ham. Given that the final two, given that the final two teams in it this season from England were Man United and Arsenal, that's um, a, quite a quite a change. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Europa League, we had the final um, in the last uh, in the last week within the uh, within the recording that me and era doing here. Um, and did you watch it? I'm guessing you did.
1: Yeah, I did. did um, you enjoyed? Frustrated? <laughs> no, I was frustrated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think from from the first goal, I was frustrated all the way to the hundred and twentieth, and then the penalties.
0: Uh, That's what it was. For Man United. I watched it. I watched it with a few friends um, from uni, and um, one of them was a United fan. And I think frustrated is the perfect word to describe exactly to describe the game for Man United, for Man United, and for Man United fans. Uh, because Villarreal just I mean like they held their own. They did they did well, you know, take nothing away from them. They they yeah. they weren't necessarily, you know, undeserving uh winners, but you know, with the quality that Man United have compared to Villarreal, to
1: Villarreal
0: they, yeah. They really should at least on paper, they really should have had that game. They really should have had that trophy. It would have been Oligan Solskjaer's first major trophy as a uh, as a manager.
1: That would be our first trophy in I think three and a half years. Yeah, really? since 2017. Yeah, that was our last one. The Europa League was our last um, trophy in 2017.
0: Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous! That yeah yeah trophy in three years—that's wrong. Now. Imagine you said that ten years ago, you got laughed out of building. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, the wait goes on for all the Gunners, yeah. Um The uh, the other European final took place as well, and I'm guessing you enjoyed this one a little bit more. Did you? The uh, yeah, uh, I did. The Champions League final, of course, as a Man United fan, you were very much against City in this one. I'm assuming, uh, as yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't support, you know, Man United or City or Chelsea or you know oh teams like. So, I was the fact that two English teams were there made me very yeah. indifferent. The game turned out, and honestly, I thought Chelsea were the better team. I think they deserved it on the night.
1: Yeah, 100. I don't. I just think a few players didn't show up for City in the end, um, and there were key players that didn't show up. Well.
0: Could you say they didn't show up or could you say they were pocketed? Because the likes of Sterling and Mahrez kept quiet all game but the fullbacks. And
1: even De Bruyne, though. Yeah.
0: Well, De Bruyne, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he was absolutely wiped out by Antonio Rüdiger in the second yeah. half.
1: Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, I that
0: know. was... It was... It was. You know, it's always sad to watch when someone goes off injured. You know, Chelsea suffered the same thing with Thiago Silver. He went off during the first half with an injury. Um, yeah. See when that happens, but I mean, the one of the people that I watched the game with was uh, is a very, very, um, very, very diehard Man City fan, and he was um, not <laughs> happy that Antonio Rudiger was sent off for colliding for the collision with uh, with Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, um, but... but yeah, I think it was. I think it's. I think it was a fractured nose and damage to his orbital bone. I think the diagnosis. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think yeah that I came out yeah, after the game. Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Well, Chelsea are champions of Europe for the second time in their history, and for Man City, the wait for the big Ead trophy goes on. Um I mean, I can see them just spending about three hundred million pounds in the summer just to win the Champions League, and like even maybe even burning off the Premier League, just sort of like you know buying someone like Kane or Holland just for that extra edge just Boops, to try. Yeah, champions League, exactly. Like- I, like, I, you remember? Yeah, you might sorry. remember. In 2012 when Bayern Munich lock, came second in like everything they lost the lead to the to Dortmund they lost the pokal to Dortmund as well I think or yeah. someone else
1: yeah And then yeah, they it was Dortmund
0: Chelsea so in the summer they like brought in like Tony Cruz or someone and they like broke the bank for a few people and then won the treble
1: Yeah I think it's it's cuz if you win the league so often the fans just want more and if you're not yeah, winning the Champions right. League,
0: then... you know I've have a few City fan uh, friends who sort of said like, like I mean I mean I, well I mean I've a few City I've seen a few City fans' reaction as well online. Some of the some of the entitlements of the Man City fans has been perplexing. Like the fans who've like written off the season as a failure because they didn't win the Champions League, despite the fact that they've won two <laughs> trophies. Like that is how like come on like have a yeah. bit. of You've won two trophies this year. You have won two major trophies. And people are like calling for Guardiola's head as well because he tinkered with the team in the final and he didn't play a CDM and he gave Raheem Sterling a start. Like, you know, the last time he played the normal recipe against Chelsea, the last two times, they got beat. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think it's just that the fans just expect a little too much from the team now. The standards are so high and mm. Pep will have to deliver season in, season
0: out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you can't say he's not so far, though. Yeah, I mean, you still won the Premier League. Exactly, yeah. Give him, Cut him some slack. Um, other finals that have uh, that have happened last week as well are the other uh, playoffs in uh, in lower league England as well. We saw Brentford defeat yes. Bournemouth 2-0 at Wembley. They avenged their hoodoo from the previous year and we're going to see Brentford in the Premier League for the first time. Uh, that'll be nice. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I mean, um, uh, again, for that game, I was... I mean, if like, again, for that game, for Brentford-Bournemouth, I'd say I was rooting for Brentford on account of the fact that we've seen Bournemouth in the Premier League before, and it's nice to see yeah, something, exactly. goes, something change.
2: Yeah, um, League
0: One, the League One playoff final, this one did matter to me. As I mentioned earlier, I am a Preston fan, so seeing yeah. Blackpool win uh, through gritted through very gritted teeth, well done Blackpool. Um, but I am looking. Um, I am looking forward to the derby next year. it be the first time that Preston have played them since 2013, you know, when we won. Mm. Not gonna, not going to shy away from the <laughs> fact that we won nil won 0 with a last-minute header from the captain. But, you know, not not that I'm still hung up about that or anything. <laughs> um, and in League 2, most recently on... Um, most, this was yesterday, actually, at the time of recording, we saw Morecambe defeat Newport 1-0 uh, after extra time. Yeah, I, didn't
1: watch I saw the game.
0: that game. Uh, did you see it?
1: yeah and it was the, it was the 100 i think it was a penalty in the hundred seventh minute or so
0: yeah I saw that it was a penalty i can't remember the name of the guy that scored Some i think like it was Carlos Mendes. someone it was a yeah it was a Brazilian i believe yeah Carlos but, um, someone i' I'm, I'm not sure but um he's uh, Carlos Mendes. He's, Carlos he's Mendes. So there we go. sorry um i think that's Malcum's first promotion to league one in their history though I think yeah so i think this is as high as they've ever been in the uh, in the English football pyramid which is nice. Another north, another northwestern club, same as um, same as Preston for me. And uh, one more thing to talk about from the world of mainstream football is the fact that fans are back, even in limited capacity. It's a brilliant sight to see. Uh, like just the like just you just miss the roar of the crowd when there's a goal. Like I noticed, it, like with the with the Champions League final when Havertz scored, just seeing all those Chelsea oh, fans behind them going mental. It's just so. It's just. Oh, I miss I miss being a, I miss I miss being at mainstream. But as much as I love going to Hayes games, I do miss being at mainstream football <laughs> matches. And I will absolutely be there when Blackpool come to Deepdale next year. And you know, I'll hopefully be on a few more high-profile games as well from the uh, from the Premier League. I'm still obviously going to be in Manchester next year, so um, a lot to look forward to. Um, one more thing to discuss here from the world of mainstream football. It's something that we've been waiting for for over a year now. The 2020 Euros in 2021, uh, obviously push back a uh, push back a year after the uh, the COVID 19 pandemic last year, and finally, finally, it's an inter- it's a major international tournament. Zane, who are you rooting for?
1: Portugal, oh, yeah, 100. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. in the group of death, though, but you know, I, I think yeah. they can pull out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Your. Yeah. Your dad's Portuguese, isn't he? Yeah, he um, is. So, so it's an understandable. It's an understandable reason. I suppose' will let you off. Um. But it is. It is a group of death, isn't it? What is it? France, Germany, and Hungary.
1: Yeah. It's the France and German teams that are scary.
0: Yeah. I've not. Um. I've not actually. I can't remember too many calls to the uh, German team. Obviously, the few. Few of the old stalwarts. But um. It's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, new faces. Uh. In that Germany team. So, and yeah, you're a Portugal fan, so I've got the, um, you've just sent me the, uh, the Portugal team here in front of me, so I can just sort of go through this, any key names. We've got uh, Anthony Lopez from Leon in goal, um, Jose Font, who's recently won league 1 with Lille, um, Ruben Diaz, is obviously, and, and Jean Cancelo, who won the, um, the Premier League with Manchester City and made the Champions League final. Um, midfield, you've got your likes of Jean Moutinho from Wolves, Danilo Pereira from PSG, Bruno Fernandes, obviously. Yeah. Um, a little bit further down going forward, uh, Bernardo Silva from Man City, Jair Felix from Atlético Madrid and, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, and
1: there are actually quite a few other players. The youngsters are coming through, like Pedro Gonçalves, who actually won the Golden Boots in the Portuguese league this season. And then we also have Andre Silva, who I think came second in the... In the goal-scoring boots for Bundesliga as well.
0: Well, that's somewhat terrifying. I kind of hope we don't draw them now. <laughs> um, it's obviously, uh, it's obviously a potential matchup. Um, at the time recording now, the time is currently 11:51 on Tuesday, the first of June. Uh, Gareth Southgate <laughs> issued to release the England squad on the at one o'clock uh, today. So that'll be something for everybody to look forward to. If you guys want to. Um, Submit your own England squad. You can do so on the uh, Presswich Hayes uh, Twitter. That's a link that's been submitted. Um, if you guys want to sort of put in the uh, put in the comments who you would take to the Euros if you were Gareth Southgate, then by all means do. Uh, a lot of the debate for the England squad comes around the right backs. I'm guessing you've been seeing a lot of this in Yeah, I have. Who would you take if you were Southgate? Who? Would, what right backs would you take? Um,
1: I think I I would definitely take Wan Bissaka. Uh, just because of his really? defensive capabilities. Yeah, I'll really? tell you what. As a
0: United fan, never.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, there's a bias, but like he could definitely play as a as a mm-hmm. if you have a three center back. I would definitely play him in that right center back role. Oh right. Um, okay. And a lot of people give him a lot of stick actually for not you know, going up in front and providing a lot of attack, but he's got six assists this season, which I think is fairly decent for a player that is very good in his defensive game and has come up. Um, yeah, he specialises
0: say... in defence. That's actually, that's yeah. and obviously, as a defender as well, that's, that's good.
1: I think that's fairly decent. And I would take... Reece James, just because I've seen him in the Champions League final, then I, was, I thought was he was amazing. absolutely amazing.
0: He had the game of his life in the Champions League final. Like, if you're going to choose when to have one of the best games of your career thus far, it's
1: definitely that, is that the
0: final. Best time to do it, and he did. A big game player, hundred percent. Yeah, he was everywhere in that final. Him and Kante were all over the place. They were brilliant. I think um, Sule so well. <clears> did <throat> amazing as well. Yeah, Chilwell kept Mares quiet all game. I part there were parts of the game where I forgot Marez was even on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> he'll get he'll be under serious consideration. After the season Luke Shaw's had, it's kinda of hard to look past him, but looking at Chilwell yeah. in the Champions League final, is actually be a good fight for the Spots. Spot. Strong competition there. Um
1: yeah. but a few I names say, in, go on. Uh, I would say I wouldn't take Alexander Arnold as a right you back. Wouldn't. Maybe a center, Yeah, maybe as a center mid if they're if they're lacking in a center mid. Just yeah. not as a right back because if you look at, you know, potential teams that they'll be going against. So you know, you know the players that that Alexander Arnold might be coming up against. Uh, maybe not in the the group D because I think they fa- have a fairly s- easier it's, group.
0: Absolutely, it's it's Croatia, Scotland, and. Czech Republic. Um, Czech Republic, yes. Uh, so, I mean, all things considered, we should absolutely, we should be winning it, realistically. Yeah. Um, um, but we should absolutely, maybe. Yeah, Croatia are like, you know, the, the, the banana skin in there, obviously, we fell to them at the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, since then, I feel like we've progressed. And I wouldn't say they've regressed, but a lot of their players that featured, like, prominently at the World Cup in 2018 have knocked on a bit. Your likes of Modric and Rakitic are... Um, you know, uh, starting to get the wrong side of thirty, and it's yeah. um, it's all. um So hopefully, we should we should have that number this time. We should do, but this is England at a major tournament, so you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, go on as you were saying, the players that they yeah. might come up against in, in the, in the I, knockout I, games.
1: I you could say that every, you know the, the the pocket of space that he leaves behind him. I think a lot of these left wingers, like with Croatia, I'm guessing Perisic, would love to have that amount of space because. Mm. And John Arnold really goes up high.
2: So if you have
1: someone like Rhys James, maybe, I think Rhys James plays better. Walker plays better. And Aaron mm-hmm. Bissaka, who can take that centre-back role as well and can really complement Maguire just because mm. of the pace.
0: Yeah. One name you've not mentioned there as well is Kieran Trippier. It's,
1: I just don't think... Except for set-pieces, I don't think Trippier really provides as much in comparison to, like let's say, the other players on this list?
0: One of them. It's one of them, though, like because, I mean, he's been a starter in an Atletico Madrid team, won the Liga. Yeah, 100%. Softball,
1: yeah.
0: And he has been very defensively solid in that season. It's like, you know, he's, he's it, is, it is hard to look past him. It's sort of, it's about finding the right balance for Southgate, like players that can go forward, but also players that can defend. And it looks like that Alexander-Arnold's going to be on the chopping block. And I don't think Wamba is going. As yeah, I Lyme don't was. think either. He wasn't listed. Was he? wasn't even listed in the provisional squad, was he?
1: I don't think he was. I don't think he was part of the 33 squad.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, odds are he'll he'll apply for uh, he'll not apply. He'll, uh, he'll register for uh, DR Congo, won't
1: he? Yeah, hundred percent.
0: It, it seems like he's getting. I mean, it's it's hard to say that he's being overlooked because there is just a lot of talented right Talent, backs in the yeah. moment. A position that yeah. we're overloading but, I mean, he kind of is being overlooked, and he? he's one of them. Like he sort of, he seems to be fifth on Southgate's list of five. Yeah, um, I but think but, with
1: what Trippier did in the World Cup, I think you know he's he's done pretty well in these high yeah. moment games. So you
0: know. yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah, he's good. Under obviously he got the he got the goal for us that we in the in the semifinal yeah, against. The
1: I remember Warriors. that. Yeah.
0: Oh, I remember that very very well.
1: Absolute scenes. <laughs>
0: Um, you know, if you want to do that again, in, if you get semi final of you're more than welcome, just provided that you've got <laughs> and then more than fine by me. Um, a few more names that have been floated from um, from like notifications I'm getting on my phone from like Sky Sports or One Football or whatever. I'm seeing um, a few names being floated to not make the squad include the likes of James Ward-Prowse, potentially Jesse Lingard might miss out. Mason Greenwood's got injury concerns. Um, yeah. So, um, I think, you know, there's a few ones that are sort of in there to not be, to sort of be thinned out. So you likes of Ben Godfrey and Ben White. I'm not entirely sure why they were listed because they won't go. Unless it's like concern over Maguire's injury, they won't go.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: think so. Maguire, will, Maguire regardless of whether he's 100% or not, Maguire won't go. Just that leader mentality, won't he? He'll sort of go, sort of, you know, if nothing else, to you know, shout at the boys in the dressing room half time. Yeah. Um, and you know, the same applies to Jordan Henderson as well. He's obviously been out since February, but he is a shoe in, isn't he? Because he's been because he's been cleared, so he will definitely go uh, in the England squad. I just uh, like to
1: see the the attacking. I, I want to see what
0: Southgate comes up with. We've got, so we've got a lot of attacking promise going um, going to the Euros. Um, just about enough to keep Jack Cooper out of the squad. Uh, obviously Harry Kane is a hurricane is given to the captain uh, he's very reliable uh, he's got a lot of versatility going forward as well he likes Rashford rash he's like, going through the middle of the left or on the right actually in, in, towards the end of the season he was on the right when probably on the left um, yeah. you know i mean greenwood whether or not he goes uh, is an excellent finisher. Um, potentially, Ollie Watkins. I don't think he'll make it, but if he does, then fair enough. And you know, I'm fair play to him if he makes it. Um, he's had a great season with Villa. Um, Did
1: Bamford and, get
0: through? Oh yeah. No, Bamford wasn't in the. Um, what's it? He wasn't in the. Uh, the well, no, he wasn't. Uh, which I think is a little bit unfair because he's had a great. Season. Um, but um. And a few players as well that were listed as forwards when they're not really. They're more like attacking midfielders. You like to Foden, who can go on the wing, and same for Grealish. They're listed as forwards, but like you know, they're a bit more versatile than that. They can they can do a job sort of if if they're in front of the halfway line, they can do a job. So it will be interesting to see, and it's you know it should really bolster our bolster our hopes of doing well in this tournament. Um regardless of how well England do, though, um, it's certainly something that I'm absolutely looking forward to. It's something that um, football fans have missed out for a year on, uh, the Euros. And it's something that, you know, it's, it's long overdue and it pro- it promises to be a very interesting uh, very interesting tournament, very fun tournament, hopefully. And uh, what we can all remember fondly before uh, the World Cup, which is in only a year's time, it's an absolute... It's a chaotic, overload below the football, but I'm here for it. Given the fact that we missed out on so much last year, I don't know about you, is yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I think having the World Cup next year is great for football fans because mm. we missed out on so much. So yeah, I'm looking even forward
0: if it's, to it. Winter in Qatar, but you know, you, you take the good with the bad, swings and roundabouts. Um, that's all we've got time for on today, on uh, this month's edition on the Hazel podcast. Thank you very much, Zane, for co-hosting with me.
1: Thanks for having me on once again.
0: Um, we'll hear from you next month, I'm sure, as well. Um, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for listening to this edition of the Hazel podcast. We hope you're all um, very well, very safe throughout the summer. Um, try and make sure that um, you keep to as many restrictions as you can and hopefully, by next edition of the podcast, all social restrictions will be lifted hopefully hopefully Uh, be a blessing blessing when that day comes, even if it is um, after the 21st of June which it shouldn't be, as long as everybody is sensible. Thank you everybody for listening and up the haze, we'll see you next month